0: If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well... We need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S P R E A K E R.com. Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, examining the Word of God, especially the example of the Book of Acts Church, to see how they serve the Lord. We delve deeper into Scripture, and in doing so, we discover the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The Porch is an online community of believers, restoring the priesthood of the believer and the world-shaking influence the early church had. Church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still falls. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit. Since January of 2000, go to onsolomonsporch.org to connect with us, or you can go to Firefall Talk Radio at firefalltalkradio.com. Contact us there as well. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio, the main broadcasting site. You can subscribe to us on the Spreaker app and get updates on broadcasts when they are either happening or posted. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you favorite the shows and share them. Let other people know that we're out there doing this. We're also found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you want to support what we do, there are ways to do that, starting with a PayPal link at the bottom of the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, which is easy to use, has less fees. We're found there as at Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the F, the M, and the G. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give us the Lord leads. Thank you to each and every one of you that support what we do. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch can jump directly to the chapter marked Shofar and go directly into the lesson. Keep reminding you, Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, September 19th, and of course, fall starts up September 22nd. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, September 28th, and Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th, and as I keep reminding you, many are prophesying that something big is going to occur during that time. The Lord likes to do things during the Feast of Tabernacles. You've been watching the news, there was an explosion in Beirut yesterday, uh, an explosion that had a mushroom cloud wiped out most of the area where it took place. Buildings are just gone. At least 100 dead as of now, more than 4,000 injured, but they expect those numbers to rise. They're blaming it on fireworks and uh, fertilizer, you know, amyl nitrate or whatever, We'll see. We'll see from the size of that explosion, the damage it did. I don't believe it, but I don't know if we'll find out the truth. But there are people there that have lost family members. Some, they don't even know where they went. They may have been blown out to the ocean or completely obliterated from the kind of explosion that was. Christian families in India are being targeted. They're being beaten. They're being thrown out of their homes simply because they believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Last week, the Christian Post reported that police ordered six Christian families to either renounce their faith or flee after being brutally beaten by a radical Hindu mob. The attack was reported to the local district police station, but that didn't matter. It's a reminder that not all Christian persecution is carried out by Islamic extremists. There are other people out there doing it to us as well. Persecution of Christians in India is on the rise as an overwhelming number of Christians are being ordered to renounce their faith or suffer grave consequences such as lynching, stoning, and torture. A report from the Delhi-based Evangelical Fellowship of India. I don't know why I'm suddenly having an allergic reaction to something. Excuse me has documented 135 cases of persecution against Christians in the first half of 2020. Like I mentioned, lynchings, they're being ostracized, they're being targeted, they're being told, give up your homes, leave, Um, evictions. Same thing is being reported in China. Nigeria, where persecution and violence against Christians is out of control. And then we have Turkey. If you're not paying attention to what's going on in Turkey... President Erdogan thinks he's a uh, a sultan and a caliph, the successor of Muhammad uh, in the world and as a spiritual head of Islam. Well, he recently annulled a 1934 decree that designated the historic Hagia Sophia building built in 537 AD when it was the seat of Byzantine Christendom for 900 years. It had been a museum. Well, He has annulled that. He's made it a mosque. They began praying again there on July 24th. It was a part of his promise. And um, he is spreading the Ottoman Empire. You need to pay attention to Erdogan. I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. I don't believe he is, but I believe he's um, helping him. So there's a war against the kingdom of God, and that's why we're talking about that. So let's get to praise reports and prayer requests. I praise the Lord for my home. For my wife, for my family, sons, um, daughter-in-laws, daughters-in-law, grandson, our furry kids, and everything we have. I praise him for his protection over all of us, even in the midst of the storm. Sometimes literally this week, thankfully, it stayed east of us, but many people up and down the east coast were not so lucky. I praise him for his ministry that he allows me to work for the dreams and the visions, for his healing virtues that are still available to us. You know, right now, I don't know what you're going through. We've had some praise reports. We've had some people tell me amazing things have been happening. Believe and receive. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your healing. Stop listening to the natural and start listening to the Holy Spirit. And in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, you be healed in the area that you're presenting to him right now. Whether it's heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, whatever it is, relationships, finances, whatever your healing need is, receive it in Jesus' name. Praise him about everything. Praise him getting up. Praise him lying down. Praise him going out. Praise him coming in. Don't miss an opportunity to praise the Lord. I praise him for his favor and divine revelation. He's been sharing a lot lately. it has been an amazing time in that regard. I praise him that I am a new creation and that he has allowed me to live in these prophetic times and use me. I praise him for America, even with all that's going on, even with all the ugliness. I see him in it. I know he's in it. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. So let's get ready. Let's pray. Pray for the Middle East, as I already mentioned, Beirut, Lebanon, and the people there. Israel, the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. That is a mandate. Pray for America and its leaders and its citizens during the times we're going through. We're going through some testing. We're going through some tribulation. But folks, this isn't the tribulation. Not even close. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice, the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, whether human or animal. We have not been good stewards of God's creation on any level. I pray for the missing and exploited children, victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking. Over the last three years, we've seen, we've seen more done about that than in 24 years prior. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, as I've mentioned, slaughtered, persecuted for their faith, refusing to recant their relationship with the Lord. That persecution, even anti-Semitism that we saw years ago is back, except now it's targeting both Jews and Christians. The spirit of the Antichrist is getting bolder and bolder and more arrogant As the time comes for its unveiling. Praying for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. Do you believe you have a calling? Do you believe you're supposed to do something for the Lord and for the kingdom of God during these times? Then you need to be healthy. You need to be whole. Maybe you need to change your diet. Maybe you need to get some exercise. Maybe you need to change things in the natural as well as the spiritual. But you need to get before him and find out what those things are. If you're going to serve him, you can't be sickly. You cannot be diminished. You can also pray for him to restore your health, restore your youth. It says so in the Bible. Continued healing for my wife and for all those that are sick right now and injured or whatever you've gone through. We live in a fallen world. Things happen. For divine protection. The Psalm 91 covering, which I invoke every day, sometimes more than once or twice a day. Inspiration from the Holy Spirit to guide us, for the remnant to wake up, to rise up, wake up others, answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. If you know someone's been blessed, tell them to be a blessing. Tell them where they can do it. Help get the word out. Let people know about the porch, let them know about SRT, let them know about Firefall. We're believing that the dreams and the visions and the missions are going to be fulfilled. Set the captives free, destroy the work of the enemy, become highly mobile and effective. With everything going on, we're looking at now probably having to drive everywhere. That's okay, it takes a little longer We don't have to subject ourselves to the nonsense of airports and airplanes. We're going to have our own equipment, which is going to take some money. I'm going to be putting out another newsletter, of course. We'll share that in there. We believe that the entertainment industry is going to need content, and we believe it's going to need and want what we would like to finish with the documentary, and the other one's right behind it. It's worth the time. The cost and the effort to get it out there. And unfortunately, we have to continue to ask for divine favor in the conclusion of legal matters that just drag on. And of course, finally for our lost family members to be saved, healed, and delivered, names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Woody in Central Florida's porch praise report months ago, I asked for prayer for my mother-in-law who was battling. Breast cancer with chemo. Today she had her follow-up appointment after her last chemo visit last month. And test results show she's cancer-free. So praise God and thank you for this prayer support. See, this is what the community part is about. It's for you to hear praise reports, to get edified, to get encouraged, to believe. Stacy in Texas, for tonight I just want to say how grateful and blessed that I am. And for anyone out there struggling, don't give up. He's got you. It may not seem like it, but he is there. My life is proof. See, that's edification that builds you up, that makes you believe, makes you pray, makes you receive the blessing of the Lord. Kim in Fort Mitchell, as always, she thanks God for her salvation and sobriety. I'll be celebrating four years of sobriety this month. Well, hallelujah. Praise God there, Kim. I feel so humble and grateful for that. Praise him for my children, my family, my friends, her dog Bruno, and the porch community. Father, please continue to protect us and guide us through these times. God is moving me through the book of Revelation and pointing out through the Holy Spirit areas I'd never seen before. Father, show me what I need to see. Protect our families and loved ones. Help us lead your lost sheep back home. Lord, I'm asking you to simply make this legal matter in Germany go away. I know that you can do that. Restore our bodies, our minds, and help us do everything in love and compassion in Jesus' name. Father, you know all these things, but you want to hear it from us. You want to hear it from our hearts. You want to hear from your children. We just want to tell you how much we love you, how much we thank you. You are our Abba Father, our Papa God, our Daddy. You are everything to us. We thank you that you loved us when we were unlovable and you sent Yeshua, your only begotten son, to die for us, to pay the price that we would have had to pay. But you knew we couldn't and you wanted to be reconciled to us. So Yeshua paid the price. Every drop of blood, they whipped him, they scourged him, they tore his beard out, they drove nails through his wrists and his ankles. How awful. But yet, Lord, you did that for us because you loved us so much you wanted us to be reconciled to the Father. So thank you for that. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for the upper room. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit back to teach us and to walk with us and encourage us and to remind us of you and what you said. Thank you for the gifts that came with it. Thank you for the fruit that the Holy Spirit creates. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now. We ask as we speak this word tonight and as we proceed forth down on this war in the kingdom, open our hearts, open our minds, clear our minds of all the thoughts of this day. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon God, Most High, our Father, the Holy Spirit have your way. Let the word go forth. Let the spirit flow. And let Yeshua be glorified. And I pray all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted. The information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive; cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So, with everything going on in the world, it's made more sense to me every week why He started us on this message of the kingdom. Way back in January, during that time, he's hooked me up with some kingdom-minded businessmen from all over the world, and we're working on some things that are really exciting. But everything's about the kingdom. Everything's about getting ready for the return of the king. Go with me to Matthew 11, verses 11 and 12. Red letters speak, the Lord speaking. I tell you the truth of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, same thing, have been forcefully advancing. But see, violent people are attacking it as well. It suffers violence. That Greek word biatso, means to use force, to force their way into a thing. We're trying to force our way into the kingdom of darkness. We're trying to take back the people that the enemy has stolen. We're trying to plunder their kingdom. And that may be souls, that may be people, that may be land, that may be finances. You know, the enemy's a thief. He's stolen from you. And according to the law, he has to return sevenfold what he has stolen. But he's not really good about obeying the rules. Sometimes you have to remind him. Sometimes you have to take it before the Lord and ask for him the rule. But that forcefully advancing means preaching, means speaking, means being active, You want to sit on your spiritual cushion and do nothing and wait for the Lord to return. That's your choice. But when you have a fire in your bones, when you have a passion in your heart, when you're tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired and watching the enemy take advantage of our loved ones, of the things that we care about, you're going to do something. You're going to forcefully advance. You're going to go and get the things done. If you've ever seen any of the videos of SRT, you know that once we get going, once we get rocking and rolling in the Spirit, we're not nice about it. We're not there to be nice. We're not there to make friends. We're there to get a job done. Luke 16:16, 16, 16, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Whether you know it or not, people want to hear what you have to say. They want to be living in the kingdom of God. They've heard religion. They've heard all the cliches. They've seen uh, the Christian dog and pony show on television. But you know what they want? They want what Yeshua preached. They want the miracles. They want the signs and the wonders. They want the love. They want the healing. But that attacking... means that they're trying to attack the kingdom, but they're not able to thwart God's sovereign plan. If he's ordained it, it will happen. But it's our job to go do it. He doesn't do it for us. We do it. So there's an antagonistic relationship between the two kingdoms. We cannot get along. We cannot go along to get along. We cannot be friends with the fallen or their demonic offspring. We can't be friends with this world. So while you have some people eager to get in, to claim the kingdom, to claim the benefits of the kingdom, you know the enemy's also trying to get in. He's trying to infiltrate, trying to destroy us from the inside out. So this violent opposition, we're seeing it in the world right now, in Portland with the rioters. They're not protesters, they're rioters. They're anarchists. They're trying to destroy America. They're trying to kill the family structure. They're trying to change everything. Now they're burning Bibles along with flags. Burning the American flag and the Bible, God and country. Boy, is that not a statement. So there are those violently, violently. sorry, I'm completely having a allergy attack here, but I'll make it through. They're opposing it. You're seeing it. You're seeing the, the, what's going on in America. You're seeing what's going on in the world. You're seeing what's going on with the pandemic. I emphasize the pan for the God pan. That's what this is. Is there a flu? Yes. Is it being used to do, destroy economies and nations and people's lives? Yes. There's a war going on. People want the kingdom. They've heard about it. They need it. Some are trying to get in. Some are trying to stop it. Perpetual antagonistic warfare. John was the first one to be put in chains and executed. Not long after that, his cousin, the Messiah, would follow suit. So there's a price to pay for this. Don't let anyone fool you and tell you that there's not. But when the Lord was crucified, when he rose from the grave, Colossians 2.15, he did so victorious as a conqueror, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He won. He won the spiritual battle. He restored us back to the spiritual authority of the Garden of Eden when he comes back the second time, he will restore the natural part of things back to that balance. Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 10, but to each each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Messiah's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And we know what those gifts are, the gifts of the Spirit, the offices. Now this, he ascended... What does it mean then? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Why would he do that? To get the first fruits of the Father, to take them up, to present them, the people waiting in Sheol, the righteous dead, but also to let the angels in the pit, in chains, let them know what he had done, and to let them know their time was running out. But he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. He ascended on high. He led captivity captive. He led a train of vanquished foes. That's what the, the, they did in those days. The conquering army pulled the defeated army behind them, led by their defeated kings. We'll see that. After Armageddon, when they're judged before they're cast into the pit and before Satan, Satan, is put in chains, he's going to make a public spectacle of them. He's going to let the whole world see. And he bestowed gifts upon men as a gift. The offices and the gifts of the Spirit. Why did he do that? To subject the army that was just defeated. It just wasn't, hey, have a gift. Have a cookie. No. It was about giving you the power and the authority to reinforce and subject the enemy that was defeated. But guess what? We didn't do that. But... That was a direct prophecy from Psalm sixty eight eighteen. You have ascended on high, you have led away a captive train of vanquished foes, you have received gifts of men, yes, of the rebellious also that the Lord God might dwell there with them. As Paul is quoting the picture of the ascended Messiah, triumphant over Hasatan, Satan and his host, distributing spiritual gifts to his people and that the faithful stewardship of those gifts on earth would determine our position of service in the lord's messianic kingdom revelation 1:18 he says i am he who lives and was dead behold i am alive forevermore amen and i have the keys of hades and death he has the keys of hell and death he has the keys of the underworld he is sovereign over all dominions, over the invisible world. He can open, but no one else can open. And he can shut where no one else can shut. He can open the gates of death and set free those he wants to. He can open up gates of happiness and misery and blessing. And he can shut the ones he doesn't want open. That's part of what we do at SRT. He's coming as a judge. And there will be no appeal. His judgment is final. And even in the midst of that victory for the kingdom of God and the defeat of the kingdom of darkness, the church did not act like conquerors. We have allowed the enemy to flourish. We've allowed the enemy to infiltrate and disrupt from the inside. You know, 1 John 4one that there's been a scripture that's been floating around in me for, for weeks now. It's about the discerning of false prophets. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Test the Spirit. Stop listening to every prophecy. Suddenly everybody's a prophet. Everybody's got a video. Everybody's selling something. And I listen to them. And I hear 1% Lord, 99% them. And I reject it. People send me videos all the time. What do you think? Very careful not to demean or criticize people. I just simply say that doesn't resonate with me. That doesn't match what the Lord's been telling me. But this word infiltrators, that's what I see. These people that come into the kingdom, they have false words. They have false spirits. Infiltrators. We're filled by traitors. That's what I see in that word. Infiltrators, filled by traitors. The kingdom is infilled by traitors. People that don't really serve the Lord. They serve themselves. They serve their flesh. They serve their bank account or their Patreon, whatever that is. They're selling you something. They have a brand to sell. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This is the Amplified Version. But understand this, that in the last days will come, will set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money, and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth, proud and arrogant, contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate and loosened in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce, haters of good. They'll be treacherous, betrayers, rash and inflated with self-conceit. They'll be lovers of sensual pleasure and vain amusements more than and rather than Lovers of God. For although they hold a form of piety, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. What do you do about all that? Well, here's the answer at the end of verse 5. Avoid all such people. Turn away from them. Now remember, Paul is writing to the church about the church. Perilous times that in these last days, the whole time from the writing of that letter until the return of the Messiah, that's what we're in. We're in perilous times. Actually, it began on the day of Pentecost when Peter quoted Joel in Acts 2.17. It began. It began then, that word perilous, kalipos, hard, difficult, grievous, it's translated also as fierce in Matthew 8:28, and how do they apply it? Well, in Matthew 8:28, when he, being Yeshua, had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men, coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, or kalapos, perilous, so that no one could pass that way. These perilous times are demonic; they're demonically empowered. Jude 1.18, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. We're living in deceitful, dangerous times. We're surrounded by religious hypocrites that have a form of godliness but deny the actual power of God. Entire denominations are built around the fact that they believe the gifts and the offices of the Holy Spirit Spirit ceased when the Apostle John died. And they have generation after generation of teachers who regard theology and religion, more so as philosophy or history, but deny our Heavenly Father's ability to intervene in the affairs of men. That form of godliness is an outward appearance of having a relationship with the Lord, an outward appearance of reverence for God, but they deny its power. And they do so through religious activity and religious teaching and a religious spirit. But there is no living relationship with Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Oh, they'll participate in religious activities that are empty of any value or power. They don't have a true relationship with God. They have no individual faith in Jesus as Messiah. And I will tell you something. That kind of religious activity from Genesis to now makes our Heavenly Father angry. Makes the Lord angry. He didn't tolerate it when he was on this earth. Go to Matthew 23, verses 25 through 28. This is him speaking, red letters. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, But inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men. But inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. The spirit of the Pharisees, the spirit of the Sadducees is still around. We see it in the church every day. They profess religion. They're connected with the church or denomination. But they're not righteous. They're not holy. They have no power. They have no compassion. They get nobody saved, healed, and delivered. They're corrupt as far as the Lord is concerned. That's what the, the apostle Paul is referring to. That's what Jude's referring to. That's what Peter and John, and, and they were referring to the fact that already within the new church, this corruption had begun that's that great apostasy mentioned in second thessalonians and first timothy 4 all the things which they referred to have been practised and are being practised and tolerated in the, apost- the apostate church the apostasy is here They're more zealous for a form of godliness. They're more zealous for the outside appearance of religion. But they don't want to have anything to do with a relationship. You know, this ties directly into 2 Timothy chapter 4. So we, there's a there's a theme in Timothy. We were just in 3. Let's go to chapter 4. Verse 1, after he lays all that out, after he lays out the case, after he warns them of what's going on, this is what he tells Timothy, his spiritual son. I charge you in the presence of God and of Messiah Yeshua, who is the judge living and the dead, and by in the light of his coming and in his kingdom. This is what he tells Timothy to do. Herald, speak it out, preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. Be at hand. Be ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as the preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Of course, we do that in love. And convince them, rebuking, correcting, warning, and urging, and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. For the time is coming, and I would say now is, when people will not tolerate, they will not endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, They will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and chosen to foster the errors that they hold and will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. As for you, Timothy, be calm and cool and steady. Accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fully perform all the duties of your ministry. But look at that verse 1. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Messiah Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Paul believes what he's telling Timothy is so important that he calls the Father and the Lord to be witnesses to his declaration. And he prefaces the statement by reminding Timothy that the Lord is coming in judgment when he returns. He came as the lamb, slain before the foundation of the world. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not coming back as baby Jesus. He already did that. If you ever hear somebody talk about baby Jesus, stop them. No more baby Jesus. Baby Jesus was a baby. It's coming back as a man. It's coming back as the lion. That when he speaks that word, when his feet set down on the Mount of Olives, when he begins to speak the same words that created everything, when that voice that spoke everything into existence, including all of the fallen angels, including Satan himself, I got a feeling it sounds like a roar. John describes it in in Revelation as the roar of many oceans, of many waters. Have you ever been near a churning waterfall or an ocean Will you hear that roar? Maybe that's what the roar and the wind of the Holy Spirit was. It was him speaking. I don't know. I've heard it. I felt that rumble in my chest of the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. We need to get that. We need to see what's going on in the world with with the human trafficking and the sex trafficking and the debased satanic things that people are doing to children, boys, girls, women. There needs to be a roar. There needs to be a cry inside as you pray and as you intercede. And maybe you don't have words, but the Holy Spirit will take over and that sound that comes out of you will be guttural. We need that. He's coming back to fix what's left, the natural. We're going to be judged, folks. It won't cost us our salvation. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But he's going to ask, are you a good steward? Did you do something with what I gave you? Go with me to 1 Corinthians 3, starting verse 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day, capital D, day of the Lord, will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as though through the fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of holiness, that fire of the upper room is going to test what we do. Now, if you build, if what you build is made of gold or silver or precious stones, it will endure the flame and you'll be rewarded. But if you've built in the natural with wood, hay, or straw, it'll be consumed. It won't cost you your salvation, but it will cost you the crowns, the rewards that are given in heaven. We will be judged on our service and on our loyalty. See, this is why the enemy infiltrates. Even if he can't stop what you're doing, he's going to try to interfere with your relationship. He's going to try to interfere with what you're supposed to do. Maybe you're not called to preach to thousands or hundreds or even tens. Maybe you're just called to share your testimony one person at a time. Oswald Chambers says this, to the ear of God, everything he creates, everything he created makes exquisite music, and man joined in the paean of praise until he fell, and then there came in the frantic discord of sin, the realization of redemption brings man, by the way, of the minor note of repentance back into tune with praise again. Remember, last week we talked about praise. Praise comes from your heart. Praise comes from the Holy Spirit. Are you in tune with God? Are you in harmony with the kingdom of God? Are you in discord? Are you uh, are, are you out of tune? But where we are right now with everything that's going on in the world, as I sit here, as I pray, as Larry and I pray, we cry out to the Father to turn us loose. Let us go do what you've trained us and designed us to do, to set the captives free, destroy the work of the enemy, retake the land, shut down their access, let the gospel be preached without interference, be the tip of the spear, be the sheepdog of the great shepherd. Let us go do this. Our heart yearns so that the gospel can be preached and then the end will come. But each one of us, in whatever capacity, must be ready. We must be ready to call things down, pull down the strongholds, change the way people think. We must be ready to speak for the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and against the works of evil and darkness. Ephesians 5.11 SRT's motto, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Well, you can't expose something you've come into agreement with. You can't expose something that you've been compromised by. Why do so few politicians ever do anything that they say is because they've sold out. They've taken the -the under-the-table payment. They've come into agreement with people that they shouldn't. And they know if they speak out, they'll be exposed and they like the money, they like the lifestyle. Every now and then you find somebody that's not. Very rare. They don't last in politics very long. A very corrupt arena. But our duty as believers in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is, is given to us in two ways. One, in, in Ephesians 5.11, one, we can't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works, the unfruitful deeds, the unfruitful actions of darkness. You know what that means? And remember, he's speaking to the church. It's not to indulge in the sins of the world. It's not to do what the unsaved do. Instead, through our actions, through our words, we are to expose those sins. We're supposed to bring them out to the light. We're supposed to show them for what they really are so that the unbeliever can see how disgusting and depraved and hideous they are and the, and the consequences of their actions. Have no fellowship means do not share in the darkened lifestyle. 1 Corinthians 5, 9-13, When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive or drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it is certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside. But as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. No, empty churches would be if that scripture, 1 Corinthians 5, 9-13, through was actually put into practice. I've sat in huge churches where if they applied that At least two-thirds of the crowd would be gone. We have no fear of a living God. I get it. People make mistakes. People are dealing with stuff. But if you deliberately sin, if you deliberately do any of the things I just mentioned, then not only do you deserve to be judged, the enemy has legal right to you. So he was commanding that the Corinthians withdraw themselves from the sexually immoral people in the church. Not the pagan culture. First of all, we're called to witness to the world. How can you witness to them if you shun them? We're called to influence the world, not run away from it. Matthew five thirteen through 16, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. See, that's part of our warfare to shine the light of the gospel, to shine the light of our relationship with the Lord, to walk in that relationship, to carry the light of Yeshua into a dark world that's getting ready to crash on the rocks. They're looking for a lighthouse. They're looking for someone to tell them why their life is a mess. If you don't have compassion for the lost, if you don't have compassion for the dysfunctional, How can you ever serve him? Philippians 2, verses 14 and 16. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. So that I may rejoice in the day of Messiah that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Show yourself to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated. Children of the living God, without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the middle of a crooked and wicked generation, a wicked world, spiritually perverted, perverse, among whom you each and every one of you whose names are written in the Lamb Book of Life, each and every one of you who call him Lord, you are bright lights, you are stars, you're beacons, shining clearly out into the dark world. That's what people are looking for. Hey, I'm lost. Help me. Sometimes people stagger around and bump into things and Get even more lost. Sometimes people will just sit down and hope somebody finds them. You've heard all those stories about people get lost in the woods. Start looking at the lost that way. Start looking at the unsaved that way. Start looking at your family members who don't know him that way. Stop judging them. Remember what you were like before you got born again. Remember, it's mentioned in 2 Corinthians four. 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God, should what? Shine on them. How does it shine on them? Through you. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men. Let them see your good works done in his name. Glorify your Abba Father in heaven. We've compromised. We've decided to fit in. We've decided to go along to get along. 1 Peter two eleven and 12, Amplified. Beloved, I implore you as aliens and strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, the evil desires, the passions of the flesh, your lower nature, that wage war against the soul, conduct yourselves properly, honorably, righteously among the Gentiles, so that although they may slander you as evildoers, yet they may by witnessing your good deeds come to glorify God in the day of inspection, when God shall look upon you as wanderers as a shepherd looks over his flock. Remember we talked about this last week, Second Corinthians ten, six Be in readiness to punish every Insubordinate for his obedience when? When your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. If one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand flight, just think if you got a group of people together on the same wavelength in harmony with one another, connected to the throne room, that the Spirit was flowing through what they said would happen. Being ready to avenge all disobedience, being ready to stand at all times, stand ready. Be ready to speak, be ready to do, be ready to love, be ready to heal. And anything opposing the gospel of Messiah, separate yourself from it. Don't go along with it, don't cut deals with it, don't come into agreement with it. I hate to get political here, because I think all politicians are full of it. There's two letters, two letters that go in front of the word it, but I won't do that. They're all phonies. They're all fakes. It's professional wrestlings. They cut a deal in the back room. They go out and put on a big show. One guy's the hero, one's the heel. And then after everybody's cheering and thinks, oh, yeah, our side won, they all go out and have a party and drink and smoke cigars. It's all phony. It's all fake. But I will tell you this, one party over the other celebrates killing babies in a womb. One party over the other celebrates pulling a baby's head out of the womb and jabbing a scissors into the back of its neck and killing it. Oh, they cheered. They laughed when they signed that into law in New York. One party wants to take God out of everything, Jesus out of everything. They want to reward the the riot or the protester, the one destroying. You figure out who I'm talking about. I just don't know how anybody who calls Jesus as Lord can support a demon rat. Don't know. Don't know. And maybe, maybe I'm going to turn you off. Maybe some people are going to get offended. Maybe they'll get me in trouble. I don't care. The fact is, we have got to decide whose side are we on being ready to punish all disobedience, stand ready, stand together. We need to be the kingdom, our kingdom, be a fortified city Will we take our last stand Will the enemies on the outside of it, they're taking their last stand. We need to be entrenched behind the walls of the kingdom, prepared to defend, ensuring victory, the gospel, the whole thing. We need to be ready in season and out anytime. Herald, preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand, be ready. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, welcome or unwelcome, you preach the gospel. You tell them about Yeshua. You show them in love the road that they're going down and in what way their lives are wrong. Convince them, correct them, warn them, encourage them. Be patient with them. Preach the word, the gospel. That's the call. It's not about building your own kingdom. It's not building buildings. It's not about anything but preaching the gospel. Stand by. Stand fast. Be ready. Embrace every opportunity to be a living gospel. Use words if absolutely necessary. Speak it out. Praise your Lord. Father, we thank you right now. Lord, I think about what John Wesley said. Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not a straw whether they're clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of God upon the earth. Lord, we need you right now. We need the fire in our bones. We need the word in our mind. We need your name on our lips. You have an army. You have some of us that have volunteered, said, yes, sir, send me. We need the provision to go. We need the release to go. Set the captives free. Pull down the strongholds. Proclaim the return of the king and the coming jubilee. Do not be afraid of what we see or hear. To not, not be afraid, Lord. We won't retreat. We need you. Your children need you. Holy Spirit, we need you right now. Each and everybody listening has a calling, has a purpose. You have a plan for them. Speak it into them. Maybe they need the gifts. Maybe they need the fruit. Whatever they need, you know I don't. But you can do it. You can bestow it upon them. You can change their lives. Let the fire fall. Wherever they are, let it fall. If it's gone down inside of them, reignite it. Make it burn as hot as it needs to. Purge them. Cleanse them. Make them ready to be used. Heal them. And Lord, if they've wandered away, if they're not where they need to be with you, hug them. Hug them really tight. Leave the 99. Go find that one. Pick it up. Wrap it around your neck. And walk it back. Lord, we love you. We want to serve you. We want to make straight the highway for the king. We call our family members in, Lord. If they're not saved, they don't know you. We're calling them in. Wherever they are right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the name of Yeshua, we're calling you in. If you've wandered away, if you've lost your way, if the world has deceived you, first of all, we bind that enemy. We we, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and we call you back. Find your way home. Send somebody to rescue them, Lord. Send an angel. Speak into their heart and their mind, their soul, and their spirit. Lord, let this be the day. Maybe it's the day of salvation. Maybe it's the day of restoration, the day of miracles. Whatever it is, make it their day with you, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you for the pleasure to speak your word, to serve you, King, Lord, Master, Savior, my friend, And I thank you for how much you love my brothers and sisters. And I just pray all of these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grunn. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.